For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Adjacent. You're listening to the Sports Adjacent. Okay, I like that. I just learned something new today. Adjacent. With Jason Leisure and Russell Dorsey on the House of L Network. We're doing everything I dreamed of as an adjacent. Tony, I wanted to ask you something. Uh, how was your first Valentine's Day as a pre-married man? Um, this is actually like the first Valentine's Day that I actually had like somebody to do something for or with. That's nice. Uh, so that was that was pretty that was pretty cool. Uh, we went to Remington. Rem, well, I could say words. Remington's um, on uh, Michigan. Russ, this man who used to talk about $20 is too much to pay for food was out here paying a grip for a steak. I'm just glad he's getting it from proper steakhouses now. <laughs> you know, when I when I found out where Tony was getting steaks from, I was concerned. Hey, why why are you doing all that false advertising? Don't don't say Outback Steakhouse if your steaks taste like rubber. Tony. The concern isn't going to places like that. There's it's fine. Like it there's nothing wrong with that. The issue with Tony was is that he was like turning his nose down at like, why in the world would you ever go to Gibson's? Why would why would you spend so much money on a steak? And then I took him to get one and first bite he was like oh okay well yeah i get it that's only why you would spend this much money on a steak with me me you and campy that was mm-hmm. a 300 dollars lunch fam mm-hmm. it was worth it it was worth it was worth it for the look on your face it was worth it Tony, you were basically like mm, this is this is what steak tastes like oh my god <laughs> You were basically going to McDonald's and, and asking for Michelin star food. Yep. I mean, in to, I mean, to my credit, in the end, food is food. No, it's not. You know? That's wrong. Food is food, right? And no. it's, the same, it's the same animal. No. Just well, don't, don't give him don't give him the well, Lawrence. <laughs> don't, don't play into this because you know where he's gonna take it. No, look, it's look, not. This, I'm this not just by happenstance, these cows were born here. Versus in other places where it's mass produced. That's it. That's all. That's all the difference is. No, I mean there's a difference in cut and preparation and sometimes USDA Prime versus yeah. whatever they sell in it Outback. I mean, let's not dog Outback. Like there's nothing wrong with blooming onion. I'm just saying that it has its place. Like for example, you ever have people get mad at you when? You're, you're like, man, you know what's good at Taco Bell? The caramel apple empanada. And they're like, why would you go to Taco Bell? You live in Chicago. And there's so much great Mexican food. Taco Bell ain't Mexican food. Taco Bell is Taco Bell. And that's right. it. But he, see, I get that. But Tony is saying 
I'm not going to Outback for the Bloomin' Onion like most normal people. <laughs> I'm going and I want a steak. <laughs> give, matter of fact, give me steak and lobster at Outback Steakhouse, please. <laughs> and then being pissed off when it's like, eh, it's not that good. Any, that good. A 10-year-old could have told... Oh, Tony. You know what? I'm going to start the show and then we'll get back to your terrible food <laughs> thoughts because you have plenty of them. Welcome to Sports Adjacent. Uh, I'm Russell Dorsey. Joining me, as always, uh, our producer... Tony Gill running the boards and on this lovely episode, because uh, my boy Jason is not here, was not able to uh, join the class this evening. He will. Our professor will be deducting points from him. Um, Lawrence Holmes has decided to join the youngins Mm -hmm. um, on, on this audio adventure. Thank you for joining us, sir. Man, I thought it'd be fun to hang out with you two, and I have not been disappointed. So. Yeah, you know, ten minutes. You in. know, <laughs> Black History Month. We have to do 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 an all black episode. Let's go. Yeah, Jason. <laughs> <laughs> now shout out to our guy, Jason. Jason is a an, an advocate. He's an of black ally. People. It's all right. Yeah, he is. He is. He is. I just had to give him some smoke because he couldn't be here. Um, Tony. Other than you going to Outback, <laughs> expecting five star quality food. Is there any other place that you've gone to where you're like, hmm, made a poor decision in my food choice? I rarely do that because if I'm hungry, I don't like to take risks. Like, I, I try different things because the only reason is because I have a plan B ready to go if I don't like it or I'm not that hungry. And I'm like, ah, okay, I'll give it a shot. Uh, so maybe that's just me, but I... I rarely take risks with food okay. because I just don't want to waste, you know, money or and or food. Uh, so th- that's a tough question for for me to answer. I, well, I really have to think about it. Okay, so I really like go- that point, though. I love yeah, the point of good. I don't I don't want to do that. Like it's such a people get mad at me whenever I like him and haw about getting food. And I've had people say, man, you're acting like you're never going to eat again. And, I'm, and my whole thing is every meal should there should be some joy that, that comes with every meal. Like, I get the idea of it being utilitarian in a way you're eating to provide fuel for your body and do all that stuff. And for the most part, that's usually what my first meal of the day is, is it's it's, you know, oatmeal or whatever it is. But. If you're saying I got some choices about this, I want it to be good, especially if I'm spending money. Yeah. Yeah, like the whole thing about, you know, like eating eating healthy is great. I try I try and eat healthy as much as I can, but there's a reason why there's so many taste buds in your mouth because food tastes good. Why got to taste so good then if we're why not supposed to enjoy it? Da, 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 da. <laughs> Thank you for telling us the food tastes good, Tony. I don't think we, I don't think our audience was aware, but now they know. Now they know. <laughs> it's um, like the scene, the scene from in Pulp Fiction where John Travolta is like, "Bacon tastes good, pork chops taste good." That's Tony right now. Yeah. So, Tony, you guys go to you go to Remington's. Mm-hmm. Uh, do you guys gift exchange pre or post dinner? Um. Well, you know, a mariner, that's that's a gift. 
Right? Nah, Tony. See, you're already <laughs> fucking up. Answer, I'm not even. I'm not even a relationship. I know you messing up. <laughs> so, but no, go ahead and tell everybody why you're wrong. Well, I mean, incorrect. I mean, like, I, you know, <laughs> that is not correct. I, I, I got her flowers, and I planned the uh, the dinner. Um, so that's what I got her. She got me a little bracelet here, and then a matching little necklace. Yeah, matching little necklace there. Okay, um, I didn't know you were a jewelry guy. So I'm not. That's why it's so subtle. Like I'm not really. I'll I'll wear like a little a little baby, you know, one, you know, titanium a little bit. Um, but yeah, I'm not. I'm not huge in, in into jewelry. So this was this was like a nice way to fit that fits me and my personality. So that's that's what I got for Valentine's Day. My dog said, "Well, I'm marrying her, so that's the gift." Ha ha. <laughs> Steph, Stephanie was like, "Ha ah, hell." Uh-huh. No, sir. <laughs> no, sir. Oh, my goodness, Tony. Wild boy. <laughs> That's wild, not wild boy. Um, okay. You go to Remington's. What do you order for the table? Is it is it three course? Is it five course? What are we looking at? Uh nah. It's appetizer, entree, dessert. Um so uh, for the uh, the appetizer, we got the, that's uh, that's three courses, by the way, Tony. And that's what Russ said before. Oh, yeah. There's five courses. Sometimes, yeah. like Why? for example, did you have soup, Tony? No. Was there a salad that was in mm, there? No. Okay, and three courses it is, but you had three courses. Wait, soup and salad are two different courses. Depending on on where you're dining at, yes. I thought that was all under the umbrella of appetizer. No, nah, man, this isn't this isn't Panera. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh, this dude Tony is the best man. He thinks every restaurant is the same. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> ah, no. Grilled cheese and a salad and a half a soup. <laughs> you mean to pick two all it's two different things? <laughs> let, let me get that more. Uh, let me get that. Uh, oh my gosh. Yeah, Tony. So the soup in many places counts as a course. The salad also counts as a course. Then your appetizer is a course. So that's three right there before you even get your entree. Entree's number four, your dessert's number five. Mm, and I thought dessert was optional. Most of the time, I'd be like, nah, we good. We're going to hit up, you know, the gas station or something for the, <laughs> for the ice cream. Y'all can't see, but my head, my head's over my face. So you saying, like, hit up the gas station up for, like, some little Debbie's or something like that? I'm yeah, not yeah, yeah. that. On, I love man. that. Tony, the type to go grab a honey bun from 7 Eleven on the way home. Max, what you call that the Max. dessert. No, Tony. Tony, if you're gonna spend two hundred dollars on dinner, get the little twelve dollar dessert. <laughs> Come little on. twelve dollar dessert. Yes, Tony. You already spent two hundred dollars. Like twelve dollars for a little key lime pie ain't gonna hurt you. That's two hundred and twelve dollars. What do you mean? American dollars. What do I do? What do we do with this? Well, no, we got we got the dessert. We uh, it was fire too. It's the the oh, cookie it's... skillet. Oh, the quality. That's a quality dessert, yeah. Tony. With ice cream, caramel, um, and candied pecans. Okay. That was that was fire. That was fire. So yeah, man, we had a we had a great time. It was great. 
Lawrence, what I've learned is like we got him to Anthony, but there's still a lot of Tony qualities that we have to like mold now that we've gotten him here. Yeah, and that's okay. I mean, that's that's the whole part of growth. Like I was so excited when I saw on the gram that he I was like, yeah, he went to a real place. Like I saw that baked potato and I was like, this mm-mm. he didn't go through the drive through at Wendy's for this baked potato. This is a real baked potato that he got. This ain't no sour cream and chive. Nope. <laughs> nope. And so th- that honestly, like we was we was busting his balls on the air about it because Campy was in the studio and it was just great. Like I was like, man, I literally had an impact on his life just by taking him to go get a real steak. It's great. And now, now he's like, he he's he knows the difference. And he knows like what the the different experience that you would get at a place like Remington's versus some other place. And that doesn't mean that the other place is bad. It just means it's a different vibe. That's and all. You know what else too? Like, if I'm paying this much for this restaurant, people need to raise their babies better. You know, like go on. I got, I got a child. I'm, you know, I'm trying to vibe with my fiance. You know, right at a at a nice restaurant, and I got this this you know this two year old jumping up, you know, making all types of noises because his parents don't know how to raise him. Like, come on, man, that starts at home, bro. Like, no, when we go to this place, you're gonna sit down and you're gonna eat your food and you're gonna be quiet in color. Tony, you buried the lead. So there was a two-year-old also with their parents on this. I'm assuming they wanted to go out for Valentine's fact, Day too. Fact, no, I think I think they were having a Galentine's. I think it, it was it was his mom and then her like best friend or something like that. Okay, mom, best friend. They have a, a young child mm-hmm. there. Child's mm-hmm. jumping up and down, bothering you, mm-hmm. and you're not with it. Okay, did not appreciate that. Who would appreciate that? I'm I'm generally with you. Like, if you're gonna, sometimes you don't, you can't always find a sitter, right? right? I'm gonna give mom benefit of doubt, right? Mm -hmm. Like, if it ain't grandma or somebody Mm -hmm. that you really trust, you kind of have to bite the bullet on it. But but understand that, raise your child better. At two, Tony, they're called the terrible twos for a reason. Yes, no, you sit down. I I personally don't remember acting that way in public. You were too, you, you you wouldn't remember. No, because when did. we got the crib, we sat down and we ate our food, and then yeah. we can play in the play area. This is really a really interesting version of get off my lawn, where the get off my lawn is starting with someone. Man, when I was two, I didn't act that way. <laughs> <laughs> I sat my ass down. When my parents said sit down, I sat down. <laughs> Come on, like you don't know. Like my parents tell stories now about what I was like as a child, and it is heartbreaking. Like it is absolutely heartbreaking. My father, who never has a bad thing to say about anything, when my mother brings up my childhood, he just kind of goes, "Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that was, was bad. It's pretty bad. It's pretty bad." So, look, folks, I, I agree with you generally that. It would be nice if folks were better in public on all accounts, not just the kids, but on all accounts. But I, at this point, people are just trying to get out the house. 
and whatever way they can do it, if it's not overtly problematic, I'm I'm all about giving people space and grace right now. Like, okay, do what you got to do. I I usually don't like agreeing with Tony on things like this, but I'm gonna have to agree with my man's. If I'm dropping hundred fifty dollars for two people or more, I don't want no kids running around <laughs> coughing and sneezing on my state dog. Like, I'm sorry. Like I got a I got a I got a glass of Cabernet. I got a um a medium a medium rare steak ribeye. Got some baked potato and a spare. Don't come coughing and sneezing and running around playing tag in the middle of the steakhouse dog i will say that when it comes to what time what day was this tony like what time and, did, and that's a, that's another thing that, so that that is an issue so, for me so your ba- get your babies out the street and, and that's another thing too um she works late on mondays so we had i had to make a 9 p.m perfect Thank reservation you. This right. is like the perfect like, reservation. It's, look, it's gonna be empty. Everybody back home knocking boots by that time. Like we <laughs> oh all, God. we all straight, right? Wow. I didn't early. Expect, well, uh, <laughs> Wait, hold on, hold on. It's pretty early. It's a pretty early in the evening, Tony. Like I don't think that's necessarily what's going on. But continue. Get up. <laughs> but I'm thinking like there's there should be no children up this late on a on a school night, right? But now it's 9 p.m. I see a child hovering over our booth. And I'm like, all right, it's maybe he'll go to sleep. Nope. The whole time. Guess I mean, who's in guess who's in the crib? That's probably not gonna happen. Like that. Like, what why is your child up this late? Is I this agree. normal? Is this normal behavior I, in your household? That your I, child is up at two past n- nine p.m.? Is this a normal occurrence, man? Other than the uh, other than the knock of the boots comment, I'm with Tony, man. <laughs> I you can't. I'm definitely one of those. Why are these kids out this late on a school night? Type of guys. <laughs> I'm just like, uh, it's it's grown folks time. Leave, please. Get your babies out the street. Oh my god, get them out. <laughs> I had a, I had an incident on my flight back from Phoenix that I wanted to share with you two. So. Please. I get on the flight. I'm excited because I could tell when I checked in that it wasn't going to be a full flight because I was like, oh, look at this. I've waited a couple minutes for the 24 hours and I was still like 830. I was like, yeah. So they even told us because Southwest is good like that. They're like, hey, this flight spread out. You're going to have right. some room. And I was like, perfect. Perfect. I've been in, in Arizona for 10 days i'm gonna just this is gonna be great i sit down in my seat i literally have the whole road to myself and i said man it's like an apartment <laughs> like this is gonna be fantastic gonna stretch out up. put your feet up yeah stuff on the side yeah fly two hours i'm watching the bulls game and with about an hour left in the flight this dude just pops up and sits in the aisle seat. And I was like, who is you? <laughs> like, what just happened? Now, I saw this dude, this guy and his wife, they had gotten on the plane, and I'm like, what happened? Like, what dumb thing did you say that made your wife be like, get out of here? That I'm fine. Okay, there's still buffer. There's still an empty seat. 
it's cool. But then I look over. Fam doesn't know how to wear a mask. Oh. And I was <laughs> man, Russ, this was me. Okay. Oh, so man. imagine imagine that this dude is sitting here, right? On yeah, the aisle, aisle on the aisle. window. Yeah. This was me. I just looked at him the whole time. I looked at him. And then he looked over at me and I was like, put your mask up. He's like, oh, oh my bad, my bad. You're bad. Put that. You better put that mask up. And then he he put the mask up and it was cool. But for like, hey, I was like, oh, so not only am I going to be on one of those flights, I'm going to be one of those participants in one of those viral videos because I am ready to throw hands right now. First of all, what you doing here? Go on back to sit next to your wife. I don't right. want to sit next to you. You sat right. for two hours. You can handle another hour. That's me. That's the first personal foul on sportsmanlike conduct. On this empty plane, you can't sit next to you, all these seats, dog. And you're going to sit next to me. It's like coming up in the, the bathroom with the urinals all, all the way down. And the brother was standing right next to me. Come on. I remember that episode. Meat peak. <laughs> A call back to the Meat Peak episode. The episode was fantastic. Oh, so yeah, no. he 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 complied, and there wasn't a problem. It's a military dude, so I think he I think he was just like comfortable, and then he just and he was like, "Oh shit!" Like, all right, yeah, yeah, yeah. And then we was cool for the rest of the flight. But I'm just sitting there like, "What happened, dog?" Like, I, I really wanted to ask him. Why your wife kick you out of the seats that y'all were in? And why didn't y'all find some seats that had a buffer zone between them? These the this was a 60% full flight, Russ. Like no, this wasn't you can't you can't sit next to me on a 60% full flight. Move. I, I just thought I'd share. Cause I was uh, hot. She wasn't hot. even trying to look, she wasn't even trying to look at bro. No, just, just go somewhere. That's one of those. Just go somewhere. Yeah, just get. That was basically like a get out of my face type situation. She was sitting right behind us. I'm like, dog, like your wife is, and they were in the exit row. The not come on. Man. He see, definitely, he definitely told her. Uh, yeah, my man's Tony said we should go to Outback on Valentine's Day. <laughs> <laughs> If you heard of this great place, it's called Outback. <laughs> Matter of fact, Tony, now that we'll just start with that, uh, let everybody know what you just said. Yeah, Super Bowl commercials suck. Um, for some reason, as as a younger person, I remember them being a lot funnier. Uh than now and it's because everybody's scared and i get it you know the juice is not worth the squeeze uh for you know any backlash that you get but if you're gonna pay that much money you gotta do something that people are gonna remember i don't remember what i here here's how boring these were the one that i remember the most is scanning a qr code yep the Coinbase ad. Yeah. Just think I about that. Do that. Like, just, just think about that. 
Like, that's the only one that I distinctly remember. The other ones were just so bad, so boring. And after a while, I felt comfortable enough to use the bathroom during during the commercial breaks because I'm like, I'm not going to miss anything. Like, I Super Bowl commercials suck. And if, if you're going to spend that money, at least be remembered. And it's just not like, it's not that anymore. And it sucks because they used to be really good. And really, I thought the really Sopranos really commercial was really good. What the Ford commercial? Yeah, Chevy? just driving and then them hugging. <sighs> okay, Tony, <laughs> have you ever seen? Have you ever seen the show? Uh, no, sir. Okay, that yeah, was you- a shot by shot. That's the open of the show, like the song, the places mm-hmm. that they drove by, like all of it. It was a shot for shot, like recreation of the Sopranos. And of course, having those two actors, the actors that that played the kids do that. I I think that's part of the reason that Jamie Lynn Siegler was emotional at the end of it, that they're doing that after, of course, James Gandolfini passed away. So it was I thought it was really fun and and. A little bit emotional for people who love that series, but you haven't seen it, so yeah, it meant <laughs> nothing like, nah, to me. Damn that! <laughs> like, yeah, you oh, you weren't the I, Tony. I, pro- I promise you, Tony, you weren't the target demo. Not it seems all. like it seems like a lot of these commercials where I wasn't the target demo. You're getting. That, I mean, that's probably it. You're getting <laughs> close, Tony. Like you're you're getting close to being the target. But I was talking to some people over the last couple of days, like. If if you wanted to understand where you were at, like in the zeitgeist, you should understand that if you were bob- bobbing your head to the halftime show, you're probably old now. And this is the type of shit we used to complain about when we were younger. Like, oh, why they got them old artists up there? That that's what it was. And Dr. Dre's in his mid fifties, and Minaj's forty nine. Mary's in her fifties. Snoop, I think, is right on the border of being 50. So, so Kendrick killed, by the way. I thought he was... He was great. He you was didn't great. like it, Tony? You didn't like no, Kendrick? No, no. I felt like Kendrick lowered himself by doing this. Unnecessarily. Wait, I, I felt Ken, Kendrick could do one by himself. I, I agree. I was annoyed that he was a side piece to... Dr. Dre, which much respect to Dre, no disrespect, but Kendrick disrespect. <laughs> right. Kendrick as as a as a solo artist could have done the Super Bowl by himself. Like I felt like he he should have like politely declined Tony the request no. to do Tony, the Super Bowl. He's going to get it. one. He just Tony, needs like it. maybe one more album to actually do cuz I I don't think he has enough just so wait. yet. You Tony, think yes, dropping another album would be more convincing than him killing it in his performance at the actual Super Bowl. I mean, he was going to do that anyway. I wasn't worried about Kendrick. Actually, no, no, I'm, I'm saying like it's better. It, it's better to set up him doing the solo act at the Super Bowl because he can point to the video of this is what I did when I was on stage with Eminem and Snoop Dogg and Dr. Dre and Mary J. Blige. But he, my part of the performance was the most memorable. But he doesn't need any Tony, validation or... Tony, it's uh, not about uh, that. Hey, let's 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 check to see if you can handle this. He doesn't need Tony, that. Tony, that's not what happened. 
There's so much wrong with what you're saying. First of all, you said that Kendrick doesn't have enough to do a whole halftime show by himself. Are you kidding me? Kendrick Lamar. We're talking about the same Kendrick mm-hmm. Lamar. Mm-hmm. Arguably the best rapper in the world right now. Mm-hmm. Doesn't he have like 13 Grammys? Yeah. No, what, what I'm saying is in terms of reaching across the generations, he needs, I think, maybe one more album, solid album. Damn was was good. It wasn't his best work, but it, it was pretty solid. If he just puts out another solid album or two, I think he has enough of a this is a dude that now is can be presented in this space. Like, I don't want to disrespect the people that have came before him and done it solo, Beyonce, Prince. Like, they have major catalogs. I don't think Kendrick has that type of catalog. I love Kendrick. I hope he does one on his own. But I think that being paired up with four other people, I think, more than does him a disservice. I'm getting, I'm going to get into music nerd shit right now. But, Tony, t- the combination of Good Kid, Mad City, To Pimper Butterfly, Damn, and stuff from Section 80, like, he had more than enough. Second of all, you act like he, this was so disrespectful. His man said, yo, come do the, the Super Bowl with me. Mm-hmm. If if his mentor said, yo, I want you to do this with me. We're going to have Snoop. We're going to have M. We're going to have 50 make an appearance. Mary J going to make. It's just, it's not like. It's him uh, and a bunch of old s- people. Tony, these are legends. <laughs> stop it. No, Tony, like, stop it. Tony, I, do you Look, think they that, can be old and legendary? Do you think that, that Kendrick would get an opportunity to do a Super Bowl by himself if he turns down the fucking Illuminati of rap music? Because this is what this is what we're talking about. We're talking about the two first hip hop billionaires mm-hmm. in Jay Z and Dre, mm-hmm. or Dre first and then Jay Z. Do you think that Kendrick's play was? Nah, fam, I'm not doing it. I'm above all this. So, and you know Jay Z is going to be in charge of this, shit, or his people are going to be in charge of it for a while. Kendrick say no, then what? You're not getting another chance. They they're not going to let you rock it solo. This was a great look for him. I haven't looked up how many streams have have increased because of his performance, but I everyone gets a bump. You're you're thumbing your nose mm-hmm. at the biggest audience that Kendrick Lamar will ever see in his right, life. Right. That's mm-hmm. my, thank you. That's what a, a bigger point that I wanted to make Lawrence. Like this is, you don't get this at, you know, you can sell out every arena around the world and you won't have the audience that you just had. I, 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 I just think personally, he was Kendrick Lamar's too good and too big to be the side piece to a show. That was my thing. It, it felt weird watching him be a side piece to a show. That's all I'm saying. Okay. It, it felt, well, I was uncomfortable. Did, did it feel weird to have 50 as a side piece to a show? Oh, no. 50 at this point is a side piece. <sighs> I don't feel comfortable calling these legends side pieces. Second of all, his mentor in music asked him to come do two of his biggest records at the Super Bowl, Tony. Can, can you come do a show in front of 130 million people? Worldwide. All right, exactly. I'll be crossing Tony exactly. off my list. Yeah. Of nah, it's cool. Call me, Lawrence. Call me. I'll come. You're in, Russ. Tony's you. out. Tony's gonna hit you like, nah, Lawrence. I'm a bigger star than you ever were. Don't ever disrespect me. Click. <laughs> what are we talking about here? Um, but now that we have that out of the way, it, 
What was the Tony to you? What was the best? Who's the best performer in the whole thing? Uh, all right, two things. What What was the thing that I'm gonna remember is uh, Fifty Cent hanging upside down. That was the, okay. that's the number one thing I'm gonna remember because that was funny. He was out of breath. Yeah, it was hilarious. Um, the best performer. He's not five was, anymore. No, was, <laughs> he's not 29 was, anymore. <laughs> um, was was Kendrick? Was Kendrick? Um, I thought I thought they were gonna bring out the Tupac hologram. I did that too. Didn't, that didn't happen. But Kendrick, yeah, was by far the best. Um, he had to be dancing on his neighborhood or pointing out his neighborhood. Or his that's house what I thought. Like map. when I saw it, I was like, man, that would be so dope if. Mm-hmm. If, if he was actually like standing on his neighborhood, I mm-hmm. I love the way that they set it up, but it's it's meticulous. Like it's it's exactly what you expect from Dre. Mm-hmm. I keep wondering if he was literally running the board. Oh no! Come on! No, nah, he no, was definitely no. faking. No. <laughs> he sold it though. He sold it. I like that they put it up there, but he was definitely selling it a little bit. Um, I mean, at least they, the thing, I, I like the honesty of it. It's like Dre is not a rapper; like he's a producer. So how do we accentuate that? part of this like this is he's the first of his kind to do that show right everybody has done the halftime show is an artist is a musician in the traditional sense this was a non-traditional artist headlining the super bowl so i i appreciate that they hey i'm not a singer i'm not a dancer i barely rap i don't write my own raps really but i know music and this and, is and I, I know production. Like yeah. I, he produced a halftime show. Yeah. Yes. I love the uh him playing the I am mad at you oh. 10 seconds on the piano mm-hmm. before everything. Like that was that was really good. But th- I with you, Tony. I thought that's where the hologram was about to pop out. And it was mm-hmm. really about to get Tupac was coming out. <laughs> Lord's been on that Cuba bandwagon for a long time. <laughs> Thought they were gonna bring him back out of Cuba, and then it, if ever there was a time, that was it, right unless, there. Unless the government is involved with hiding Tupac, somebody would have found him right by now. Would they? Dun, 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 dun. I'm. A, I thought I agree with you, Tony. I agree. I thought Kendrick was the probably the best performer, which goes to your point. He shined with that many people, like he did what he was supposed to do. So, like, I don't think it was the big, the slight that you thought it was. I also thought Mary sounded great, looked great. Um, she did her thing. I, I really enjoyed Snoop and Dre. Um, just a good moment for music, good moment for hip hop to be center stage. And yeah, I agree with Lawrence. Like, I think a lot of people who knew all the words to everything probably like, damn. I'm old as hell now. <laughs> yep. Like, it's over now. It's over. <laughs> it's over for us. We had our moment. <laughs> and, and, and another thing, too, is like, I hope I hope the excitement around what happened at the halftime show, like, don't get it misplaced. Like, you know, we know what this is, NFL. Like, this is cool, you know, and everything. But, you know, there's still issues. Eminem you know, taking like, the knee after they told him not to. In the performance. Yeah. So it's like, you know, this is, this is performative, you know, progression, literally performative progression. Uh, But come on, come on NFL. We know, we know what this is, man. We know what it is. You're not, you're not going to pull the wool over Anthony Gill's eyes. You feel me? Clearly. 
I, I don't think they were trying to fool you. I think they're very clear about who they are and what they are. And you saw that in the hiring. Um, I, I, I'd rather have it be that Jay-Z does capitalist thing and we get to see artists that we really, really enjoy instead of fighting the good fight that people continue to fight and we end up with a whack halftime show. I here Here's the other thing that's pretty crazy about where the NFL is right now. If you went to 345 Park Avenue, which is where the NFL offices are, and you started going around and looking on the walls, looking at the offices, a lot of women, a lot of people of color in the front office of the NFL, of the actual NFL. Folks want to make this about Roger. It's not Roger. It's, it, and it pains me to say that because I think that he he shills for the owners quite a bit. But in this particular case, the problem is the people that own the team can't be changed. No matter what evidence is put in front of them, you see last year Tom Brady goes down to a team where the coaching staff is people of color and women on Bruce Arian's staff. And that's still not enough to convince folks perhaps we should go a different way. They still want to give some of these Rudy Poo type dudes opportunities to, to be head coaches. And it doesn't make no sense. And then there are the people, man, I got so heated. I I think it was um What's the dude's name? The front office dude on ESPN was talking that shit about Louis Riddick. No, no, not Lou. Not Lou. Mike Tannenbaum was talking that shit about, oh, well, you know, what we have to do is we have to get a a pipeline. We got to know there are plenty of qualified candidates. Like the first Ballard Alliance. Yeah, like (laughs) you really have one. And beyond that. You actually have like white coaches being like, you know, my man's is ready to be a head coach. So what's that about? And then you still don't want to give people jobs. It's it's the owners like it's I, I consume a lot of like NFL media and even with some of their propo with their propaganda, they they put it out there how much they value in the front offices of the NFL women and minorities. And it's just that the owners don't get it. And this is why I give some props to, to George McCaskey because whether it was Sam Acho or whomever got to him, they got to him and he's looking at the world in a much different way now than, than what he was five years ago. And that's a good thing. But the rest of these cats are a little bit more dug in on on their their bigotry or their biases, and they don't want to let people in. And it sucks. Like, it really does. Even at the end of this thing where you have – I'm sorry. I'm, like, doing, like, a soliloquy right now. Mm-hmm. Um, at the end of this thing, you have the Texans – look around be like, oh, man, we think about hiring Josh McCown. And everyone's yep. like, don't do that. Don't that would be dumb. That would be dumb on a bunch from front. And then they have the unmitigated gall to be like, you know who's good? This black guy that's standing here who's helping us figure out who our coach is. 
yeah, I, I wonder where'd you have to go to find him? Oh, down the hall. All we had to do was go down the hall. He's literally in the room. And he had a better resume than most of the candidates that got head coaching job. And he was the last guy you interview. It doesn't make any sense. Thanks like for coming to my TED Talk. No, I, we appreciate it. I just like the idea of <laughs> the, the image of Roger Goodell sitting in the NFL headquarters and like, you know, you know, we're getting a lot of backlash, but you know who who we really have to pull the wool over his eyes? Anthony Gill. <laughs> No, we got to get to him first. <laughs> we got to do it with this halftime show. That's what we're doing. That'll get him. And then we're going to bring Kendrick out and make him feel like we've disrespected him. <laughs> it was all of this was an attack on me and my sensibilities. All right. Tender Swindler? Tender, tender Swindler. Yes. My boy. So. <laughs> So the the documentary taking over the world right now, Netflix documentary called The Tinder Swindler. And so I know I, I've seen it in full. Tony saw it uh, before I did. Lawrence, I don't know if you got a chance to see it, but if you didn't, it does not matter. We're going to break it down. Spoiler alert. There's going to be a lot of spoilers in here. If you want to watch it first, pause or fast forward, do whatever you got to do. But <laughs> we're about to talk about this. So, Doc starts young man by the name of Simon on Tinder, portraying himself to be a billionaire, right? Already insane. Young lady sees young Simon. <laughs> she lives in London. She's on Tinder and she's like, you know what? I'm swiping left, swiping right, swiping left, swiping right. Oh, this Simon fellow looks handsome. He's the son of a billionaire, and it's on his Tinder profile. Got it. I'm going to swipe right on him. But this is no ordinary setup. Like, my man's, he was getting his shit off. (laughs) First and foremost, he would match with these young ladies. Uh, The young lady, Cecilia, she was the first victim. That we know know of. That's in the documentary. Yeah, yeah, that we know of. So she swipes right on him. They match. They start talking. He's like, I want to take you out on a date. Coffee date. She's like, cool, let's meet here. They meet at a hotel in London. Coffee date. He's handsome. He's well-dressed. Everything she thought a young billionaire should look like. Right? Son of a a diamond. uh, The diamond king. Part of the Levi family. He said his name was Simon Levi. They sit down, they're talking and having great conversation. Bro goes, you should get on the private jet with me today and fly somewhere. I have a meeting. Come with me. She says, cool. And just goes with some random stranger she just met, jumps on the PJ. And as she's walking to the private jet, he goes, oh, this is my baby mom. She's going to be on the, the private jet with us. That's my daughter. This is my bodyguard. And nothing's wrong. Everything's she cool. Thinks everything's cool, right? She probably thinks it is extra cool because he's being upfront about all of his baggage. 
Lawrence, this is this thing was insane, right? There's so many red flags. And Tony, please feel free to interject because you're you were on the same wavelength I was. So he takes these takes her to an exotic spot. She goes with him. They have a great time. They're together that first night, even after they meet. And he's just like, I have meetings. I got to send you home. So he flies her home. And then they're talking back and forth. Oh, my God, I miss you. I miss you. All that bullshit off of like three days of knowing each other. Right. A couple weeks go by. And then it's like, oh, I want I want to be with you. Cool. Now he's flying to where she is. He's flying her out to where he is. And it seems like, oh, man, this is a, a, a fairy tale, if you will. Then the bullshit starts. <laughs> My man goes, he sends her a picture that says Peter, who is his bodyguard, Peter Hurt, sends a picture of his bodyguard all bloodied up in the face. My enemies are after me. And they're after me and they're tracing where I am with my credit cards. I can't use my credit cards. Can you send me money? Right? I'm Still, none the wiser. I'm a billionaire and I have endless funds, but I need your money, shorty. I need your money. So send me 25 bands real quick <laughs> so they can't trace it. Or go ahead and get, get your boy a credit card, put it in your name, then I can use it, max out, and then we're cool. Lawrence, what does she do? She sends him the money. She sends him the money. Increments of 35 25 $10,000, adding up, adding up, adding up. Meanwhile, he's doing the exact same thing he did on her to another woman, fly her out, wine and diner, make her think he's the man. She, start, she starts feeling him. They're in this quote-unquote relationship. And then a couple weeks later, he sends her the, they're beating up my bodyguard and my enemies are asking me, I need money that's untraceable. So then she sends him another $50,000. So then he has all these women sending him money. First girl sent him 250K, Lawrence. <laughs> and she's crying, talking about, I didn't sign up for this. You could have said oh, no oh, at any oh, point. You did. You no, she definitely signed up for it. Every bit of it. Every bit of so, it. Lawrence, they're cutting in of her crying, talking about 35 and 45 $50,000 at a time and while she's crying they're showing these photos of him in Ferraris and Lambos and with all these beautiful women <laughs> in, in Mykonos living it up on her dime right living it up in Paris, in Munich Switzerland he got his this fine, just got a fine whole girlfriend model mm. they're in Paris popping bottles Lawrence when I tell you this is the most interesting two hours i've had in a while i'm just sitting there watching going hell no hell no hell, no don't send it to him oh my god let me ask you this i got two yes. questions for you yes Russ. one is there any part of you that thinks that all of it is a work um as far as them getting like played the whole, like the whole thing is a work like this guy didn't actually do any of this. They all in this thing together. Cause that's no. where my mind goes is, is this a work? Number no. two, 
That's next level. If it, if it is, that is right. next that's, level. That's, next that's level. Big brain stuff. We're gonna get Netflix involved. We're gonna tell the story, right. and then we're gonna make the money back. So this number is this two. is the, okay. What's number two? Do you think this might be the move for you as a single man out here? <laughs> <laughs> hey, Lawrence. First of all, he was getting it off, right? This man. They said he swindled at least 10 mil out of women over the last couple of years since like 2015. 10 mil? He was balling. I'm, I'm truthful. I, I couldn't do that to people. But my man was, he's, he's a terrible human being, but low-key genius. Yeah, you know what? This, this, this showed me, one thing that this did show me was if that, sensor, that part of your brain is shaved down, right? that uh, empathetic part of your brain is gone. You removed it. You are capable of doing anything. Horrible things. You are capable of doing some really messed up things at the bat of an eye. Um, And you can be successful at it. Like I think in, in, in part, all billionaires have shaved the empathetic part of their brains out of their lives. There's an old saying, Tony, behind every great fortune, there's a great crime. Yeah, like I firmly believe that. And he was the one he chose this line of work versus this line of work <laughs> versus No, he was. This was a full-time or, job. <laughs> or that. And like you know people like uh you know you don't want to victim blame, but I'm like this is a bit different. He wasn't abusive. Like he didn't hit them. Like this I it's mean, the perfect it's the perfect scheme. Because they're doing it on their own. And it's like, all right, what level, what's, where's the line of, man, is this sucks and he's a terrible person? But also, it's like, you got got. You, this, you it, wanted to believe yeah. in that dream that he was selling. Yeah. You, you thought this was real life, that this can be attained by average people, this lifestyle. By swiping and, right. Right. And, and that's so, what that's what you that's what you dreamt of your life to be without actually looking at the reality using some wisdom and some common sense and not going and, and not going forth with this guy. And here's here's the thing, Lawrence. This is how to answer your first question. So the girl, she's up to two hundred fifty thousand dollars in loans and credit card debt. And she's like, I will never get out of this. And she finds out that. Oh my God, this guy is playing me because she found out about the other women and she found a story about how he's done this to other women in other countries. So she calls Amex. I didn't know Amex had people that they send to your house, but Amex sends people to her house, right? And she's just like, what is it? They were like, what did the dude look like? And she sends them pictures of what the guy looks like. And she was like, they were like, this is the guy we've been looking for. So this is, he had done this to three women in Finland and they had already been investigating, but basically she was shit out of luck because, Hey, they, she took out those loans. She took out that money. But if there's a way to catch this guy, they were going to try to do that. Meanwhile, he's doing this to two other women. Um, the other girl, Pernilla, who they had no romantic relationship. She was, was just, just a friend. She was just a friend, right? And she was living it up off of uh, Cecilia's dime. When they, he was like, "Yo, come join me and my girlfriend at Mykonos." He buying bottles for random people that he ain't even met. 
paying the bill, 80,000, 90,000 light on a Thursday night, right? <laughs> um, but then he pulls the same thing over her. It's like, hey, I need 10, I need 15, 20,000 real quick. And he had all these people believing that he worked, he was the son of this diamond owner at, at this place called LLD Diamond. Being able to live in the technical, technological age like we do, Lawrence, you can just Google the Google. dude's name. Yeah. And you would have figured all this out in 30 seconds that he's that's not the what, son of this dude. And yeah. That's crazy, what has man. me kind of questioning the veracity of all of it is that it, it, in a space where you're meeting this person online, I mean, we all know women that are like, yo, I know everything about you before you walk in the door. So to to hear that there were women that he was able to, to kind of pull the old school con of I'm a flash. I'm going to do a lot of flashing stuff. Yeah. And the flashing stuff is going to allow me to 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 get you got. And it's it's pretty amazing that in 2022 that that is still available, that that scam is available and he was able to pull it off. And I'm with you, Lawrence, because like for me dating right now, I one, I'm. Not crazy. Two, I'm a reporter. 99.9% of the time, I've researched you well before you got to this table. Right. Right? Um, Googled you, searched through all your socials, got, you know how we get down as reporters. Like, I'm not going to come into some just random building with somebody I've never met before and not know anything, right? Coming in blind. Well, and the other thing is, is that usually... There's also some secondary safeguards when you're moving large amounts of money. Mm-hmm. Like you had to fight through those safeguards. Even even the little bit of money that I have, the bank's like, wait a minute, you want to do what? Lawrence, and see, this is this is why it's this is why the couple things here. So he he finessed it because he was like, yo, I'll just make you an employee of LLD Diamond. First of all, doing that when you don't even own LLD Diamond is hilarious. So he got their pictures, passports. He set up payroll information so that Amex were just oh, like, he, oh, he you making money, money. Hmm. Like Amex was thinking she made $90,000 a year. So they were like, oh, yeah, we'll boost up your credit limit so he can take more money from you. And then on top of that, like. He had it, you know, and I'm going to say this because it's the truth. If it was you or me. Oh, no, nah, that's dead. Me and Tony Blackass is not pulling that off. <laughs> so I'm going to just tell you that yeah. right now. Yeah, it, it, that's an that's a, that's a, that's a excellent point, too, that I thought about, too. I was like, maybe it's a, maybe maybe if we just make it a America versus, you know, Europe type deal in terms of how they deal with credit and securities and in all of those things but that is a hundred percent right just that these banks they really have control over all of all of this stuff that goes on like i could use some more credit that'd be great right. i'm not gonna get it but just right. by the sheer word of this one person that they think or they deem themselves as more valuable. Lawrence, that all he did was forge on. a piece of paper and said that she worked for the company that he don't even own. Right. And they upped her credit limit and she got to take money out. Insane. Like, right? it's insane. And so then the, the, then the last girl who he did it to, 
she was she read the story like there was a story in I think it was the Swedish newspaper about the Tinder swindler. She was like, "Why is my boyfriend being called the Tinder swindler?" He, she starts reading. And she was like, "Oh hell no, no he didn't play me like this." Then she started yeah. to connect the dot, and so then she worked in the fashion industry, and she was like, "Nah, I'm making my money back, bro." And so she had him instead of sending him money doing he was doing all this. Oh, I need money, I need money. She was like, "I'll sell your clothes. You can get a lot of money for that. I can just give it to you." She sends. She takes like three big suitcases full of his clothes, sells them, and then she keeps the money and then blocks them. It's like, nah, dog, you're good. Yeah, I'm not getting got. You getting got? That's how it works. Here's the biggest finesse, Lawrence. This is how he gets caught. One of the girls said he's traveling with a fake passport under a different name. He don't get caught because he stole millions of dollars from these women. He get caught because he's going off over country lines with a faulty passport, gets arrested, and does five just five months in jail. Gets released, and now he's free. Now he's back out here. He back in okay. the streets. So, so here's the next question: Is it worth it? Yes, apparently, yeah. That man swindled ten million dollars out of these women across the world. And only spent five months in jail. And the thing he spent five months in jail for wasn't even the thing that he did. He had a, a fake passport. And he don't have to pay one cent back to any. And of they, he has like a supermodel girlfriend right now. He taking pictures with people. He flexing on the ground. He still got money. He's like still out here. He's still he's, out here, Lawrence. He's a full fledged meme now. Yes, yeah. Lawrence. This is it was like it's like the wildest thing in the world. And these girls, like. What's the to Tony's what Tony was talking about? Like, what's the line between being a victim of a, a mastermind and a con artist and being a goofball and gullible, not doing your research and being so desperate for love or affection it's that you allow that. yourself to fall it, into this trap? It, no, it's I don't think it's love or affection. You can find love, you can get love and affection from you know a lot of people. They enjoyed the lifestyle mm-hmm. that's what I, they were thinking about they was like oh, man, thing, this Tony- is, this is, i found my prince charm my literal prince of diamonds charming like, i want to believe that but like that girl cecilia said she wasn't even seeing bro like that and he was just hey. again the lifestyle i have a powerful person that i have a connection with that gets me into these places, that gets me into these spots so that I can stun on people when we go to the club. I have that connection. It's the lifestyle that they're that they thought was there. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you. With professional grade industrial supplies, count on real time product availability and fast delivery. Call clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. So, guys, <laughs> I'm a P1 listener to the podcast. Um, this this deal that people it was really interesting to see how people reacted to the rumors of James Harden for Ben Simmons 
throughout the week. And I remember Brian Windhorse being straight up and down like, yo, I know people are telling you they're not talking. They talking. This deal could get done before the offseason comes up. And so the deal gets done. James Harden was clearly unhappy in Brooklyn. And we know what's been going on with Ben Simmons in Philadelphia. Those two guys are the major components of the trade that went down between those two teams. So, Tony, you are Mr. NBA. What should we take away from this? Uh, I think that we are seeing the extreme end of player empowerment. Um, and it seems to be a little bit off balanced um, in terms of what's going on in the NBA, in my opinion. Uh, James Harden, and it, it's a lot of nuance to the to the Harden situation uh, because, one, I, I think he was sold a false bill of goods, right? Uh, he thought that he wasn't going to have to do all the things, again, like he did in Houston because he found out that didn't work. Um, and when Kyrie was being Kyrie, I think that really was the the tipping point for him. Uh, But I think the straw that broke the camel's back is Kevin Durant being unhealthy. As as unhealthy as he was, then James Harden looking around and saying, I'm playing with a washed Blake Griffin, LaMarcus Aldridge, DeAndre. Wait, is DeAndre Jordan still on the team? Or did they cut him? No, he's been Uh, gone for a while. um, Patty Mills. Right, like – it's it's Houston. It's Houston all over again, yeah. and I I don't like it, and and I want out. Uh, but also, his ability to kind of bring down the team. Uh, he's not without fault in this. You know the stories and reports coming out saying, well, James and well was hitting the the, the clubs a little bit more often. Uh, James coming a little bit out of shape more often, um, and again. It, some people believe that he didn't really have the hammy or the hammy isn't as serious uh, as he's making it out to be. I mean, I'm not going to do that one there. Uh, but that whole situation was just bad. And I think that's what happens some when players who think that they are LeBron's equal want to have the, the, all the LeBron things without actually being the LeBron hard worker success in terms of that vein. I'm not saying they don't work hard, but it's not easy to be LeBron James. And all these players want the power of LeBron James without actually doing the LeBron James things. Uh, And I think that's how a lot of players get caught up. Kawhi, same thing. Um, It was, to me, it was cool in theory, but I don't think it was ever going to work out having three players with that much control over a franchise is, is it, I don't think it's going to work ever. Essentially you need checks and balances and then they never had any. I'm going to take the other side of it. I'm going to take the Ben, Ben Simmons side. Then I feel like the nets are taking more risk than anybody in this trade because they're, counting on the fact that Ben Simmons comes back as the player that we last saw him at, as like the all NBA type player that he showed he could be before he got his major contract extension. 
the last image that we saw of Ben Simmons on a basketball court was him passing up that layup in the playoffs. Right. All the fallout that happened since then. You're like. We know what James is and putting James with Joel Embiid, I think that's going to be very successful. On the other side. You have Ben Simmons, who has kind of plateaued in his NBA career. And then you have, over the last couple of months, this, the mental health issue that him and his camp say has been very present for a while. This is what I've been concerned about this entire time. Because us as a society, we have become so in tune with mental health and wanting to make sure that people who have mental health issues, no matter how big or small, feel that they can talk about these things and be able to get help. I know people do it. I don't want somebody to weaponize mental health. And it seemed awfully convenient that when Ben was in a situation where it's like, I don't like my team or my teammates and they threw me under the bus and I'm getting shit on in public. Now I have mental health issues that I want to talk about. Or I'm going to sit out because I need to take care of them, right? I'm never, I'm never going to be a person to say somebody's mental health issues aren't real or valid. I won't do that. Only he knows. But if that happened, that's really bad. Because there are a lot of people who have struggled for years with these things that never get heard. Or people think they're, that they're faking or that these things don't exist. So I'm really hoping that's not the case with Ben. And if... These things are present. I want him to make sure that he's okay. But after that, they just need dudes on the court. Like they haven't had Kyrie. They only have Kyrie for at the time of this recording, eight more games in the season, which is crazy. And you can't win no matter if you have Ben Simmons on the floor with KD and Kyrie or not. Like those dudes aren't ever going to be on the court at the same time for a while. Right? Even in the playoffs. You're only going to have them all together on the court three times, four times well, max. I, I actually think like, I think they're relying. I think that could they're change. They're relying on mandates. The yeah, mandate change. Yeah. I think, I think it's probably going to change because we're already warp speeding towards. It's like, we don't learn too. It's just like, Oh, oh the numbers. We've seen this movie before. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Let's everyone get, take your mask off. And I'm like, mm. Maybe yet, maybe not yet. I, I I hear what you're saying about the, the fear of people, the worst people, uh, weaponizing mental health. I I, I think that that's a, a valid fear. In the case of Ben Simmons, I've been I I've been swayed by people that talk about how bad things were for him. Clearly, like you can tell that there's still bad blood with him and Joel and B I think he probably could have gotten over the situation with doc had it, had it not been for Joel and B I'm not a fan of Embiid. I think I'm a fan of his game, but I think that he's, he's got, he's a bit of a bad guy. And I think that this allowed him to be a bad guy because the, the public money was on, Oh, your man's dipped out. Like th that's an easy narrative for everyone to be like, oh, your man's dipped out. He ain't shit. We we rolling with Joel. 
And I think Joel has leaned into that because that's part of his personality. It's why I take great pleasure when he's knocked out of the playoffs and we see him crying when he's going back in, in, in the back. Like I, I enjoy that. I enjoy the schadenfreude of it because I feel like he's that dude. Like he, he's the dude that does make life worse for other people. Now that's not a, a completely fair. I don't know that dude from a can of paint. But I could understand Ben Simmons being like, I don't want to deal with this shit. This is a strain on my mental. I can't play ball the way that I, I want to play ball because I have to deal with a lot of this nonsense and I have to deal with the Philly fan and everything else. So I, I've been swayed by people that said, of course, like his if, if you see a picture of him smiling over the next couple of days, you damn right. He's smiling. Why? he got out of a bad situation all of us when we move from a bad situation to a good one at least in the interim are able to feel better that doesn't mean that if there are underlying things that contribute to his mental health that those are going to be magically solved and he could find himself being unhappy in Brooklyn as well I, I don't know Lawrence like they built that whole thing around him. They got rid of Jimmy Butler because of him. Like everything in Philly was about him. Like the, the Embiid stuff came in later. Like he was the process at first. Then Embiid gradually. We didn't see Embiid for like the first two years. It was all Ben. And Ben was making all-stars. Ben was making uh, all-defensive first team. Ben was getting, you know, the respect of, of, of his peers up to a point. Until at time... So it got real, and I don't think a lot of people people aren't asking a whole lot of Ben. Yes. Shoot the ball. That, that, yeah, open. that's my thing. That's my thing. That's I, I don't job. think there's never been pressure, pressure on Ben. No, right? they, if there was anything, there's more pressure on Joel. It's like, dog, stay healthy for once, and you could show us what you are. This year, he's been healthy, and obviously, he's shown himself to be the front runner for MVP. I but think in, in your own sport, yeah, you see dudes that get the yips. And that's yeah. what this shit looks like to me. This looks like no, for sure. a basketball player with the yips. And that's an underlying thing that if 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 that's what it is, like he needs to work through that. And I and my only ask is, man, do the work. Like I want you to do the work and I want you to to end up being happy. But no one should be if you can if you got juice enough to make a power move to get yourself out of a bad situation, applaud. I, you know, it makes me laugh when it comes to James Harden because his routine is hilarious. His routine is, man, let me hit these strip clubs. <laughs> let me let me order extra wings. Oh, God, my hamstring hurt a lot, man. It hurt a lot. And then I'm going to wear some weird clothes, and then I'm going to go somewhere else. But Lawrence, I, like... Like, I mean, both of you guys have been in locker rooms, right? I've, you know, played, we've all played on teams. The worst thing you can do is not be there for your teammate. That's how you get ostracized out of a locker room. If you're not, if you're consistently not being there or not doing your job for the rest of the guys in that locker room. Yeah, but there there are different ways to go about it. The team that Russ covers, mm -hmm. this happened a few years ago, and they took a completely different tact with it, with Mm -hmm. Tommy LaStella. And and they worked through it. 
And the way that they talked about it was very different than the way that players talked about it, at least publicly, mm-hmm. was very different than what Joel Embiid was out here doing. And, and and so, yes, but I also think that that's a, I think that's some caveman shit that we do sometimes. Mm-hmm. Like the, the stuff that it, it's, oh man, you can't bail out on your team. Of course you can. And, and quite honestly, if you don't want to be here, I don't want you on the floor. I don't want you on the field. If you're not right, if you're if you're feeling pressure, if you're feeling like it's stuff that you can't work through, you're putting our team success at risk by being out there and you ain't right. So for me, it's like I'd rather have you dip out than than be out here halfway and not knowing what I'm going to get from you night in, night out basis. This is what I wanted to the point I wanted to make about your Joel point. I think Joel, is he partly a troll? Yeah, he and his Twitter, it's Joel Troel Embiid, right? But also, I just think some guys are cut from that tough love cloth. That's why him and Jimmy Butler were so close, right? He talked about Jimmy like he still plays for the Sixers because they got that close. And Jimmy's I think a being bad guy too, and the, the company I, that you keep. <laughs> but I also think Jimmy, Jimmy is a. I don't think they. They feel that way about Jimmy in Miami. I think he found some guys who are like, hey, we want to work. They don't Spoken. feel that way. They don't feel about that way about Jimmy yet. That's always the thing with Jimmy. It's when. When are people going to feel that way about him? But look at the coaches that he's had when those things have happened. In, in many, in Philly, you have Spo now. Spoh's gonna be is a Hall of Fame coach. Spoh's one of the best to ever do it. I don't think Spoh's going for any of that. I think he he has he knows what he has in Jimmy. He has young guys that want to work. I and I think had they been able to make that work in Philly, Jimmy would have stayed in Philly. Like Jimmy loved Joel Embiid. He really liked Tobias Harris. But at the end of the day, they made their choice. They wanted it to be Tobias, Joel, and Ben. And Ben said, eh. And wasn't that ben, Tony? You talk about this all the time. Ben's one of Ben's the reports on Ben coming out of college was, you know, he doesn't always want to work. He doesn't always want to listen. And 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 my thing is, and, and maybe this is a unique situation from any other happenings with yips with in other spaces or with you know mental issues in other spaces. It's because the one thing is so essential to his career that he's not doing. Like, it's the one thing, like, it's hard to hit a baseball. So if you're in a yeah. slump, like, it's very, very difficult. That is understandable. Yeah, but that's, that's not the yips but in baseball. The yips in baseball is not, throw, not being able I'm to throw the I'm first. second base, and I can't throw the ball to first. Or I'm a pitcher, and I mm-hmm. can't throw the ball home. I mean, th- this ruined Rick Ankiel's career. And, and, it, it's, and it's essential to him playing this game. This is what you do. You pitch. And you can't pitch and you don't know how to get out of it. That's where I'm talking about. Like, I want I hope that Ben's doing the work and that he's not just relying on I'm going to get a change of scenery. Therefore, my mental health is going to be boosted. If you don't do the work and figure out what are some of the underlying problems, it's going to be difficult for you to be happy no matter where you are. And and that's where I, I think that. 
like you'll be made right, Tony. Like you'll be able to be like, see, see, I was right. If he ends up being unhappy there. So my hope is that this whole time that he was working through this stuff and figuring out, and maybe the conclusion was the conclusion was the first thing I have to do is get the fuck out of Philly. I get, I got to get away from Joel and B he, because of what he does to me. And well, and hopefully the rest of the stuff he's willing to put in the same level of of work and determination too. I hope that that's the case, but in the most uh, accepting time of people with mental health issues, those people in that locker room know him better than anybody outside of that locker room. That's what that's. I'm leaning on their judgment. It, again, in the most accepting time in sports, we had two players in the NBA, DeMar DeRozan and Kevin Love, who I don't hear or see anybody give backlash to. If that's the case, this is the, actually the perfect time to for Ben Simmons to say, hey, I, I, I'm hurting here, guys. Like, if he, Even if he doesn't tell the media or the public, if he goes to his teammates and, after that game or in the days after losing uh, that series and say, hey, guys, I'm I'm having I'm having it bad right now. I know I should be shooting. For some reason, I can't do that. I gotta I gotta find myself somewhere. I gotta go take a step back. Even if he doesn't say that to the media, he would say it to his teammates, right? If that's the issue. But he but he did, and he talked about it in his uh, his introduction. He named all the people that he trusted. He was very clear about who he trusted in that organization who he felt comfortable talking about and how he felt like he, he had made a, a good decision and he had told those people and he felt that those people had a right to know what was going on with him. And then they were like, did you talk to Joel? And he was like, no, he let you know what at least part of the problem was with him and whatever he was willing to share. And now we'll see what happens when he's put in what I think is going to be a pressure-filled environment again, mm-hmm. a team that has championship expectations again. But I also think that he might have, at least in one case, not in the other, he might have a better leader now. He he, he actually might have two better leaders for him with Steve Nash and Kevin Durant, two people that, that can help smooth him out. And there's less reliance on him if Kyrie is able to play and KD is healthy, they're not looking for him to be the second part. He's a tertiary part of, of what Brooklyn wants to do, where he might have to be 1A in Philadelphia. My guy, Cooper Cup, what he capped off a fantastic season. You didn't. You didn't start off with what Jason says in the last segment. You oh, that's just a question. My bad, dog. I don't be doing it. Um, guys, you want to get things things we didn't get to? Sure. Yeah, sounds right. like a plan. <laughs> Tony, you just edit it out in post. Um, my guy Cooper Cup. Wait, what? Off you a, always say his middle name. Cooper Douglas Cup. Thank you. Capped you, off a one listener to the Sports of Jason podcast. Thank you, sir. We appreciate your you being uh, the CEO of the place where we 
put up the pod, but also being a listener, we really appreciate that. Um, Cooper finished off a historic season in historic fashion, caught two touchdowns, including the game winner on the game winning drive uh, as the Rams defeated the Bengals in the Super Bowl 23 to 20. My guy Cooper Cup winning Super Bowl MVP. This year, gentlemen, Cooper led the league in receptions, receiving yards, and receiving touchdowns. Also had a touchdown in every playoff game for the Rams this year and won Super Bowl MVP. And the guy receives how many MVP votes? One. Hubarkus. Wait, what? (laughs) (laughs) Redact that, Tony. Bleep it out. Um, But I just, it, 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 it caps what a season we might never see again. Like that, you talk about something you look back on in 20 years, this season by Cooper Cup. Like I know I'm a big Cooper Cup guy, but even for those who aren't, you you can't look at that season and say, ah, you know, he ain't that good. No, stop it. A triple crown season from that guy, you saw him. You see a major jump in what it is that he can do over the last two seasons. He seems to be someone who is really taken to being a student of the game. His footwork is impeccable. His route running is really top notch. They often defensively don't give him enough credit for some breakaway speed. We can discuss why that might be. <laughs> um, Sneaky athlete, right? Yep. No, just kidding. <laughs> uh, he... he he makes contested catches. He has the trust of the quarterback, no matter who's playing quarterback. Some some real deal stuff that that guy was doing throughout the season. It was a joy to watch him and know. I think he had 11 games of 100 yards or more in, in this season. To see, see him ride out every week, knowing the type of coverage that he was going to see and still be able to, to manage it. Because, you know, Robert Woods was hurt. Mm-hmm. OBJ was kind of in and out for a, a portion of the time that he was there. Cooper Cup was making it happen. And in the Super yeah. Bowl itself, <laughs> damn. They, 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 they were like, yo, we we going to do this Madden style. You can't yeah. stop this play. Yeah. So we going to just keep giving it to you. We going to keep giving you this Cooper Cup. And he delivered. I still I feel like him and Aaron Donald should have probably split Co. most valuable player, which would have been great because I had them both on on the bets. It'd have been awesome, and I got Aaron Donald at plus sixteen hundred. I was like, "Ooh!" Cooper was plus two hundred two weeks before the Super Bowl, and I'm like, "Easy money." Yep, I think easy money. As the game went on, I got him at a really good price, and I was like. I'm with this, and then he, he able to fix the game off. But the man is is having a great time right now. Watching him play is so much fun, yeah. and he deserves all the kudos that he gets because he's clearly put in the work. I thought we never see it. I thought we never see it. <sighs> I, it's finally, I it's finally happened. I'm not doing it, Tony. I'm just <laughs> going to go to our next topic. Nope, don't wanna, nope, don't, don't, we're not going to engage him. I'm not going to engage him. No problem. I'm, you're not going to have people in Boston calling me the N-word, Tony Gill. No, no, no. Not again. Not after that last time. Um, You guys, <laughs> well, 
<laughs> Never mind. Um, you guys are aware of you guys know Boston. I mean, not Boston. See, it's on my brain now. <laughs> <laughs> Miami Dolphins owner Stephen Ross, who came under fire a couple weeks ago as as he was named in Brian Flores' lawsuit against the NFL, the Dolphins, the Broncos, and the Giants, saying that Ross offered him a hundred thousand dollars for every game that he lost. Now, uh, per Ian Rappaport, if tanking allegations are proven true, Dolphins owner Stephen Ross would face severe discipline up to and including Ross losing the team by a vote of fellow owner sources say. Gentlemen, do we think this happens? Like, let's say for sake of argument, yes, he did this. And according to different reports in different places, it's very looking very likely that he did and owning a betting company. You talk about competitiveness, integrity of the game. Does he lose his team? No, I don't think enough owners hate him. And I, as we've seen as a precedent to get one of those super rich dudes out of the playground, the other super rich dudes got to hate you or at least the majority of them. I don't think the majority hates this guy. And I think he's just going to play a stupid fine, um, uh, an unprecedented fine, and uh, they'll probably ask him to don't show up to games for a season, and they'd be straight. I think they will take it away. If the, if the evidence is damning enough, they'll take it away from him. I agree with Tony that it's not Daniel Snyder who they, they've oh, been they hate trying. Him. <laughs> they've been they've been trying and I think they they might get it done uh over the next year or so with him but this this stinks so bad and this is the they'll put up with a lot clearly like clearly if you look at some of the activities of, of the owners in the NFL but the thing that it's it's hard to right now with the amount of money that's being brought into every piece of NFL life because of of sports betting you can't have the integrity of the game be problematic and they'll use this as a way for them to be like see we take the integrity of the game very seriously that's why he's got to go so while I I agree with Tony that Usually you got to be a Donald Sterling type figure to to walk or uh, uh, my, my man's in Carolina. It's in Jerry Richardson. You got to be a Jerry Richardson type and there's got to be some smoking guns. If there's even a hint, the fact that Florio is already, you know, a week later is already taking a straw poll and they're like, yeah, if he, this is, he might be gone. I think there's there's some. Uh, legs to this being the end if he's proven to have done this i'm with i'm with i hear you lawrence i i just if dan snyder still owning a football team in the nfl it's hard it's that's the guy you gotta that's the guy who should be first in line but it's, it's, so, like it's so amazing too where and daniel snyder's like yeah man we gonna get an investigator and even roger was like no you're not right yeah, yeah you you're not doing sit that this one out brother don't talk no more. We gonna get you, get an investigator, not your ass. Um, <laughs> sticking in the NFL, this drama out in the desert, gentlemen. Uh, Kyler Murray, the desert to, Dachshund. 
<laughs> he took to Instagram last week, deleted all of his po- Cardinals related posts. We had talked about it on on the pod last week. Um, the report came out right before the Super Bowl that there is dissension in Arizona where Kyler feels like he's been made the scapegoat for the Cardinals issues and some of his teammates don't feel like he's mature. He they don't feel like he's a leader uh, to which Kyler replies about all the quote unquote nonsense. Tony, if you do us the, the honor. Oh, this is my favorite part. And now Tony Gill reads. You're, you're a fucking idiot, man. <laughs> What's up, guys? <laughs> man, Lauren, uh, nice to meet you again, man. Definitely, definitely appreciate you. A big fan of your work, dude. I'm a fan of your work as well. Keep I'm not on. sure how you can see me since your glasses are on, Kurt, but have at it, young man. Have at it. All right, guys, Tony Gill with glasses. Back again with another uh, reading segment here. And this is from our guy, Kyla Murray. I play this game for the love of it. My teammates, everyone who has helped me get to this position that believed in me and to win championships. All this nonsense is not what I'm about. Never has been. Never will be. Anyone who has ever stepped between those lines with me knows how hard I go. Whoa. Love me or hate me, but I'm going to continue to grow and get better. Gang signs. Thank you, Tony. <laughs> um, he says nonsense in that. He's the one that deleted all his posts off his IG. Like in in the social media era that we live in, Kyler, what's that supposed to mean? You wanted people to create this. It was on you. And to then say, like, oh, if you hadn't gotten between those lines, you don't know how hard I go. Like, come on, dude. Like. I think there's immaturity in that post in and of itself. Like you don't have to respond. I'm trying to see what's his, what's his end game. Is he, is, does he want the contract extension? Is that, is that what he wants? Well, he's it sounds like there's a lot. He's going he's gonna to get it. Is he, is this is a power play? I want to control think, over more. I think this might stuff. be a power play. Like maybe it's between him and Cliff Kingsbury, who, you know, wasn't successful at all before getting the job in Arizona. It's a different story for a different day. But I think if you're Kyler, like getting a contract extension doesn't make these problems go away. Like the reports that have come out of Arizona are way deeper than some money. Right. Things about questioning his leadership, blaming other people, pointing the finger even when even when it's his fault. Like those are big issues that don't go away when somebody gets a contract extension. So. And they, they actually would, might get worse because right. then the, the guys in the locker room are like, y'all paid this dude? Mm-hmm. Right. Right. He so, did not play well in, in, in no. the playoffs at all. Like, it wasn't mm-hmm. close. It, it And this wasn't one of those things where I feel like I, – I don't think that Cliff Kingsbury is very good, I, and I haven't mm-hmm. since his time in, in college football. I don't think that – the 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 failings of the Cardinals in that game were solely on Cliff Kingsbury. Kyler in the moment 
made terrible decisions on where to go with the football. He also, I think, has some outsized beliefs in how good he is because of what happened last year. That there was a breakthrough and he was able to make some plays for that team and obviously had one of the biggest highlights of the 2020 season. He was do-do in the playoffs. Like, horrendous. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That that You can take some of your least favorite quarterbacks that you've seen in the last couple of years, and they would not have performed as poorly as he did in that playoff game. There's a lot there to... I, I I too wonder like what is what is it that you want? Do you want the coach out? And if you're if your ownership and management of the Arizona Cardinals, think about what you did to get here. Mm-hmm. You you took a, a top ten pick and you threw him away. You took a first year coach and threw him away. You you thought this was supposed to be the the marriage between this and the quarterback, and it has not worked to the point of you feeling confident that you can win games in the playoffs, fam, this is a disaster, man. And talking to people down there, it is um, – I'm surprised to see how – I'm not surprised to see how many people have had stories about how bad things are because having talked to people there for some time, this has been an issue for at least this season. Maybe more. We shall see uh, as things continue and, and we'll see if, if Kyler gets that extension or gets what he wants. Maybe he's no longer the quarterback of the Cardinals when we get to the beginning of the next season, but we'll never know. Um, gentlemen, it's Black History Month still. Oh, and I think, I yeah, right. <laughs> it hasn't been one of the most memorable one, but I think it's time that we, we have a, a, a solid moment during Black History Month, and uh, Erin Jackson gave it to us. She won the women's 500-meter speed skate, became the first black woman to ever win uh, gold in speed skating. Guys, she almost missed the Olympics and didn't start speed skating until 2016. And six years later, wins the gold. How cool is that? It sounds like somebody did the, uh, the, the Richard Williams... Uh, formula. Ain't no black people in here. Wait, do it again. Do it again. <laughs> All right, now wait, Russ, you gotta lay out, man. You gotta lay out. We gotta get this clean. <laughs> Ain't no black people in here. <laughs> <laughs> And sometimes that's just the formula. That's just the formula. R- oh Richard Williams gosh. said, ain't no black folks playing down here tennis. Let's go play some tennis. Somebody said, ain't no black folks in here speed skating. Let's go speed skate. I think it's so incredible because skating is it is so hard. And then to be like, yeah, I, I might have some track skills that I can take over to the ice and then to, to become the best in the world in that period of time, that's just gangster. Mm-hmm. 
and you get to roll up and be like, yeah, I got this medal now. Like, it's all good. Like, it's, whew. It, I'm thoroughly impressed by it. And it's been weird. Like, if you guys, I've been watching the Olympics, and I've, since the Olympics started, no bullshit, I have not seen a medal ceremony. And and for me, like, why am I watching if I don't get to see the medal ceremony? I don't know if it's just the times that I'm watching, but I, I seem to keep running into, oh, well, this is the first night of blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, oh, all right. Well, see you on that second night, I guess. Yeah. And then I never go back. I, I, I saw Nathan Chen on the first night, and I was like, all right, Nathan, let's go. And then I was like, wait a minute. He didn't just win, win? Like, that should have won one. Like, they're not going to give him a medal for that? Because they should. Programming has been weird with the Olympics because the last Olympics, they, you didn't have the, the NBC streaming service. Now you can watch things on streaming and medal ceremonies are on one, live events are on the other. And it's kind of, they haven't, they didn't find the right balance. Hey. Hopefully for the next summer games, they figure it out. But yeah, I think that's been part of it too. Hey, can't be having these people trying to protest. And ending my money. All right. Cannot no. go. Cannot go. Take that protested elsewhere. <laughs> got me money to make. You know, money Tony, as foolish as you're acting right now, I, I don't think you're completely wrong in that point. <laughs> Neither do I. I don't think you're completely wrong. Um, and finally, gentlemen, a video of hundreds of birds falling from the sky was taken in Mexico last week. The video showed a group of yellow-headed blackbirds plummeting from the sky. Um, those in the area say that they were trying to escape a larger bird in the area. <laughs> That's all that we got. Um, we'd like to thank you guys for listening to this wonderful audio adventure we call Sports Adjacent today with the wonderful Professor, future doctor Lawrence W. Holmes. Lawrence, thanks for thanks for joining me and oh, Tony about today. Me. No, Tony, I don't oh. know who would give you a, a, another degree. <laughs> Man, it'd be <laughs> awesome if he got maybe maybe the the Tony that reads could get a degree. If I don't have to go you to the it. library, I could do it. A what? I said library. Library, I can do it. <laughs> I knew I just have to hear it again. After your we yo, we might have to bring back uh Tony's Richard Williams impressions <laughs> every, every week. week. <laughs> Wait, you you at least got one more show during Black History Month, so it's gotta be on that, right? Yeah, we'll do one. We'll do one for the last uh show of Black <laughs> History Month, and then we can decide when Jason comes back if we're gonna continue to do it. Cause I, I personally like it. I think we should. Maybe we replace hurt feelings athlete with just Richard Williams impersonation <laughs> in between different things. Uh, <laughs> um, as always, we like to thank everybody for listening today. Make sure you like, comment, subscribe, give the podcast five stars. Make sure you're listening to all the wonderful content on the House of L network. Lawrence, would you like to plug any of the million things that you're doing currently? Yeah, I, I would like to let people know that next week's episode of House of L Actual 
Dan Wiederer is my guest, and it mm. is an amazing conversation. We talked mm. about his days covering Coach K. We talked about some of our shared frustration with the Bears as an organization. It's a it's a damn fine episode. It's, it's really good. So we'll put that out next Sunday night, and it'll be good. People will enjoy it. I promise. I'm excited. I'm yeah, no, I'm definitely looking forward to that. Mm-hmm. Um, you can find our podcast and Lawrence's podcast, Spotify, uh, Apple Music or iTunes, Stitcher, wherever you find your audio content. That guy who does our audio, the wonderful Anthony Gill. Tony, I, I appreciate you. Uh your return. It has been everything we wanted to be. Thank you, sir. There's all black people in here. Uh, on that note, we go see y'all next week. <laughs> Thanks for listening to Sports Adjacent with Jason Leisure and Russell Dorsey. Be sure to download, subscribe, and give the podcast five stars. You can check out the latest episode of Sports Adjacent on all digital streaming platforms. I'm very much adjacent. For a couple hours, I thought I was hood. But then all that happened, I was like, you know what, James? You adjacent to the mother. Hopefully, this is the last time you'll hear this ad. Because with Chime checking account features like fee-free overdraft up to $200 with SpotMe and getting paid up to two days early with direct deposit, you can probably treat yourself to an ad-free upgrade to spend more time listening to your favorite podcasts or at least grab yourself an extra morning latte this month. Join millions of Chime members who work on their financial progress with fee-free overdraft and no monthly fees. When you find new ways to save, you can reach your financial goals easier and still have the occasional treat. Take more control of your finances and say goodbye to monthly fees. Open your account in minutes at Chime.com slash Goals24. That's Chime.com slash Goals24. Chime. Feels like progress. Banking services and debit card provided by Bancorp Bank N.A. or Stride Bank N.A. Members FDIC. Spot me eligibility requirements and overdraft limits apply. Terms and conditions apply. Go to Chime.com slash Disclosures for details. Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you, with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.